Uh, before we get started on today's show, I want to introduce uh, Haley Otten. She was our multimedia director for the past year, and now she is one half of the incoming editors-in-chief. Haley, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a little overdue, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad to have you here now, even on this last episode. But I wanted to ask you most importantly uh, about what are your plans for next year? Yeah, well, this past year was fantastic. And, you know, I haven't I haven't been here half as long as Jasmine has. Um, but I still feel like I've learned a lot over the past year and especially about the fulcrum itself and kind of just how I want to go into next year and the things that we want to do. Um, and the people who work here too, they make me excited to, you know, see us all through into the next year. That's for sure. Um, and I guess I'm just, I'm confident that next year will be just as great. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, not only being a part of that again, but also a part of leading us through it. Well, is there anything else that you want to say, final words or special message? No, just that I'm super grateful for the opportunity that everyone who was a part of the election gave us. And I'm looking forward to next year. Awesome. Well, uh, it's been awesome working with you this year, and I can't wait to see what next year has in store. Thank you, Damien. Right back at you. Hello and welcome to the Fulcrum Radio Show. I'm your host, Damian Piper. The Fulcrum is the University of Ottawa's legendary English newspaper, produced on the University of Ottawa campus in downtown Ottawa, the capital city of the north, on the Great Turtle Island. Well, it's been one heck of a run. This is our 15th and final episode. I must admit we had a bit of a hiccup between this episode and our last one. That happened because some of us here have different reading weeks, and so the onus is definitely on me. But coming back now, we came to the stunning realization that the year has gone by where students at a student publication and our contracts only really span the year. So that brings us right here to now. We're at the end. It's been an amazing journey right now. We do not know what the future holds. Our outgoing editor-in-chief, Charlie Dutil, is the one who thought of this podcast first, and so he should take the credit. He also thought of adding a science section to the paper, and Emma Williams came on board and did a damn good job with that. Uh, That section did exist the year before, but what she's done with it is taken it to a whole new level. Right now, we do not know what next year looks like exactly, but we are happy to say that the Fulcrum Radio Show is getting a spinoff. The Fulcrum Science Show is going to debut soon. I'm very excited about that, and we'll talk about that more in just a little bit. This has been a really fun ride for me. We met so many amazing people. But the show isn't over yet. We've got a lot to cover still and much more work to do. This is a time where hate is alive and well. 
We've seen firsthand in Canada's capital in recent times during the illegal truck convoy occupation that took place in downtown. There were many bad flags being waved. We saw Nazi flags, Confederate flags, those yellow don't tread on me's. And of course, rather oddly, or maybe rather fittingly, the American flag, as well as flags that said Trump 2024. A complex but comparable reflection of the January 6th insurrection, which took place in the United States. This is why it's important to pay attention to things that are happening in seemingly other places. Presently, in Texas, long-standing laws put in place after the Roe v. Wade case, which ruled that criminalizing abortion was a violation of a woman's constitutional right of privacy and infringed on their liberties, have just been struck down, forcing many women to go underground, or for the ones who can afford it, go to other states for the procedures. Now, another worrying hate movement. This one in Florida, the Parental Rights and Education Act, or it's more widely known, the Don't Say Gay Bill. Supporters of the bill say it would give parents greater control over their child's education. Legal experts say the bill is shrouded with hate, vilifying LGBT people and opening the door for teachers to get sued just by talking about them. And that brings us to our feature interview. Today on the show, we have an interview with Christopher Lambert. Chris is an LGBT children's author based out of Orlando. His book series, The Blue Balloon, draws inspiration from his own life. And he says this bill is trying to cover up LGBT children and cut them off from the access and support that they need. And Emma Williams, who is finally and well-deservingly about to get her own show, is here in conversation with Sarah Dolson, a PhD candidate at the University of Ottawa who has been studying rove beetles. Emma dives deep into the research that led Sarah Dolson onto Costa Rican volcanoes in her efforts to track the bugs. But first, it's time for headlines. Today reading headlines, we have Mariana Gomez and Sophie Long. Welcome to the broadcast. Congratulations to Haley Otten and Jasmine McKnight, who were unanimously elected on March 11th to be the Fulcrum's next co-editors-in-chief. They will lead the Fulcrum's 83rd volume and will take office on May 1st. McKnight is a Fulcrum veteran, first serving as a contributor and freelancer in 2018 and 2019. In 2019, she was hired to be the Fulcrum's associate sports editor, and for the last two volumes, she has served as sports editor. She is the second EIC in a row to have served as sports editor before taking office. Current editor-in-chief, Charlie Dutid, was previously the Fulcrum sports editor. Otten is relatively new to the Fulcrum. She was a rookie on this year's editorial board, but was a very reliable and creative multimedia editor, playing a crucial role in the Fulcrum's return to printing weekly covers. Otten and McKnight have known each other since their frosh week back in September of 2018. They will be the first co-EICs in Fulcrum history. 
The results of the UOSU general elections were announced on March 12th. Armand Kapar, who is presently the union's advocacy commissioner, was elected as its new president. Replacing him as advocacy commissioner is current IPPSA president Chelsea Lynn Russell. They were elected with 86.3% of the vote. All three incumbents running for re-election were re-elected. Sana Al-Mansour will serve for second term as equity commissioner. Sak Flaho, his second as clubs and services commissioner. And finally, Nora Sawadogo defeated Ethan Kudneys to retain her role as operations commissioner. In the race to be the UOSU's next student life commissioner, Eric Atkinson edged out Ricardo Saikali by a little more than 250 votes. On the Board of Governors' side, Jessica Chita defeated former UOSU Clubs and Services Commissioner Amina El Himri and four other candidates to become the BOG's new undergraduate student representative. There were also three referendum questions. Only one of them was endorsed by the student body. Students approved of a new ancillary fee to fund online mental health and wellness portal compass. Undergraduate students rejected the fee to join the Ontario Undergraduate Students Alliance and the new proposed legal support services fee. The University of Ottawa has announced it will not change its policies when it comes to mandatory vaccination and the use of masks on campus. The university said in a statement that it intends to keep the current guidelines until at least April 30th. Proof of vaccination requirements were lifted by the province on March 1st. In addition, mask mandates are set to expire on March 21st, with all restrictions likely to be lifted by the end of April. After the violent events of the piano game after party on Russell Avenue this fall, the Ottawa Police Service has issued a warning ahead of the upcoming St. Patrick's Day celebrations taking place in Sandy Hill this weekend. The written message delivered to residents overviews the plans that are being put in place to ensure the safety of students and residents throughout the weekend. This will include officers monitoring St. Patrick's Day activities to ensure safe and law-abiding behavior. The department will be placing a special focus on offenses against the Liquor License Act. According to the Ontario government, this prohibits individuals from selling or offering liquor without the authority of a license or permit to sell. Property owners in Sandy Hill also have the option to allow officers to ensure the Trespass to Property Act in advance. This allows officers to penalize partygoers for spilling into residents' premises during the celebrations. Finally, the notice includes with the Ottawa Police providing a reminder to celebrate responsibly by only driving sober. It suggests that those who plan to drink should think about having a designated driver, calling an Uber, taking public transit, or staying overnight. A study produced by University of Ottawa professor Rick Burnett has found that, around the world, there are 8 million excess deaths per year that are related to high levels of air pollution. This is about the same number of deaths that are attributed to tobacco every year. The International Film Festival of Ottawa opened last week with its first screening on March 9th. The festival showcases 27 of this year's best feature films, plus 27 new Canadian shorts.